Welcome to Impact the World, the show for and about creatives, changemakers, and entrepreneurs. This is a conversation episode where a special guest shares with me what they are creating and the behind the scenes journey of their experience. Hello, welcome to Impact the World. And if you are a regular viewer or listener, it helps us reach more people if you subscribe, leave a rating or a review. So depending on which platform you're tuning in on, doing that really helps. So if you do, thank you so much from me and my team. Today's episode is one that I have been looking forward to for a long time. And it's actually a conversation that has been on the cards for a little over a year but the time was right now. My guest is Becky Kuhn. And Becky, as you'll learn, is someone I've known for a decade. Becky works as a facilitator in so many different ways. She's a heart math coach. She is an intuitive. She does Reiki. There are so many different things that Becky was already doing to hold space for people around their spiritual journey. But then in 2019, she suddenly lost her beloved partner, Jack. And in a very short space of time, she lost Jack. And not too long after, she realized that she was connecting with Jack in the afterlife. So Becky wrote an incredible book called 20 Days Changed Everything. And it's all about moving through conscious death to the afterlife connection. We talk in detail about that. We also talk about the surprise curveball that Becky experienced last year around her own health and we speak about grief in general and the layers of grief and how grief can be an incredibly transformative process as well as all of the emotions that you have to go through. So this is one of my favorite shows. And Becky, in all the time I've known her, has always just been such a special and heart-based soul. So whether you're just curious about this or whether you resonate with the topics that we're going to speak about, I hope you enjoy hearing from Becky Kuhn and her journey in this show. Becky, thank you so much for being with us today. And this is a conversation that has been something that has been in my kind of mind and vision board for probably almost a year now uh, to have mm -hmm. this conversation with you. And we first met a decade ago. Yes. I wasn't exactly sure when, but you came to me for private sessions back when I still did those. And I always, always loved working with you. You were always yes. such a bright, bright soul. And uh, so it's a real pleasure to get to have this talk with you today about your journey and about your book and about Jack and just everything that you have been through and, and are putting out into the world to help people. Yeah, thank you. It's a, such a pleasure to be here with you, Lee. So... Becky, I mean, you have this extraordinary book, which we're really going to focus on today. I'll pop it there so that everyone can see it's 20 days changed everything. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've heard some stories in my time, but what you went through with your beloved Jack kind of mm -hmm. is, is just extraordinary. Would you mind for anyone who doesn't know you or hasn't read the book yet, to just give us a kind of overview of, of what happened and, and what you guys went through together. Sure. So, you know, we had this amazing relationship, Lee. We had um, 12 amazing years. You know, I'd, I'd found my soulmate in Jack. And 
we were both very, um, we were very much similar in our spiritual aspects and, and, you know, life in general. So we got to, we got to explore all kinds of things in this life together. Very, very connected. And um, in September of 2019, or yeah, 2019, we uh, found out that he had terminal cancer and that it was inoperable and um, was not at all what we had even expected. He wasn't even that sick. We, you know, we were just going through life and he had a cold, we thought. And uh, it wasn't just a cold. It was um, something that we ended up moving through in a very short period of time. So he was diagnosed with lung cancer and it had metastasized into many, many organs. And we went through the process of what that was gonna be like. Um, you know, and at first we didn't know, Lee. We, we thought maybe it was gonna be a miracle because we know the body is amazing. We know that miracles happen all the time. So we weren't sure in the beginning but about 10 days into what he was experiencing and dealing with, he knew, he knew. And he came to me and asked me if I would be with him in the process of him leaving the planet. And what, what did we need to do? How could we support each other? So in 20 days, our life went from a pretty normal, you know, pretty mm -hmm. normal life to he was gone. And in that 20 days, we did some amazing things, some intense things, some challenging things, and some beautiful things. And we knew that we were going to be, I knew that I was going to be sharing this process. In fact, Jack knew that I was going to be writing a book. He, he knew that this book was going to be coming forward. We knew that we had a contract together. And in fact, we knew that death was going to be part of what we experienced together. Like we came together to do this journey. I just didn't know what, you know, after he passed, um, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know how this was going to play out, but I did know that there was probably going to be something to share with people. So in the 20 day period that you mm -hmm. had where you, you were aware of what was going on and how everything was terminal, like, did you have any idea of the amount of time? Like, no. did you know it was going to be that short? No, no. no. In fact, you know, we, we weren't sure at all um, the, the, the length of time because we had, you know, we just found out, but he was going downhill fairly quickly, physically. Um, so we just, we just went and we went into our intuitions. We went into um, this process together of letting go as quickly as we could. And so at one point, Lee, there was, there was a point in time where he was um, meditating he did a lot of meditation and we did Reiki and we did all kinds of things to support him. And he was meditating and I saw him and I went over and I sat by his side and he had a, a black kyanite stone and he had it placed right in his chest right here. And he was meditating and, and, and really going internal. And I went over and I sat next to him and I put my hand on his hand. And what came through me was so powerful. And it was like, you know how to do this, Jack let's do this. Let's make this be as quick and as easy as it can be for you. And he was doing the same thing. He was talking to his body. He was talking to his cells. He was saying, okay, if this is the process that I'm going through, then let's make this happen. Let's do this. We know how to let go. And so I believe absolutely that 
that assisted the process, Lee. It assisted in him being able to let go of the physicality, of him being able to let go of me, of this world, of the things that he held so dear. And so during that 20 days, I was journaling what was happening. I was just journaling because it started out as a love letter to him. Mm. I, was, I was just writing the process and, and sending it as a letter to him and reading it to him along the way. So the book started out that way as a love letter to my love. That 20 days must have been the most intense or most hyper aware days of your life. But I, I also wonder, was there a part of you knowing that you were going to lose him? Did you have time to be in that part of you that was either dreading what was to come or fearing what was to come? Or were you able to just put that part of you aside in order to be in union with him for as long as you could? And then that came later. It actually came later because I think because I was so hyper-focused and because it was so fast and he had asked for me to assist, right? He, I, I would have not been anywhere else like, and I wouldn't have done anything else, but be there with him every moment doing what I could to support him. I had a few moments. I would, I would break down. We would cry together. We cried together. Um, but I think I really found something within me a strength and a power knowing that this was this journey that we were taking and we wanted to do it in the best possible way for him, that I found the strength to do that. I found the strength to kind of set aside, you know, my personal grief and complete heartbreak. And I, I experienced that after he left. Mm. And, um, but even then it wasn't long and he, he came back. <laughs> And that is one of the most extraordinary things, not just about your your and Jack's experience, which goes on today, and he's here with us behind you in, in photo form, but I was telling you right before we started, I could hear him laughing away about the fact that we were doing this. Yeah. I'd love to read just an excerpt from the beginning of the book, because one of the things I think is extraordinary about the book is that each chapter ends with a channeled message from Jack, which I think is brilliant. But I'm just going to read some of some of your beautiful book, if I can. Absolutely, Lee. My love no longer has life here, but I see him, feel his loving presence, speak with him, receive messages from him. The deep spiritual connection we shared has not disappeared. It has transformed, taken on a new life, a new identity, one of eternal undying love. Does that mean I'm not experiencing grief and sadness? Not at all. I find myself in moments that catch my breath, stop me in my tracks, tears always ready to erupt and fall. And yet I celebrate that I behold him in his soul expression, layered with so much love, so much light, so much bliss. I find myself having no fear of joining him, any fear of death now gone from my psyche. What I know, physical death is not the end. It is a passing from one form into the next and our loved ones are always near. If we choose to become aware, we can all learn how to connect. Jack is in constant communication with me now, and I'm learning to let go of any doubts, to allow and trust this new form of relationship with him. The veil between our dimensions is becoming transparent. At the end of each chapter is a channeled message from Jack. He is thrilled to share this information with all of us. 
and that's just from the introduction for anyone <laughs> listening. Um, so you know, we will we will put notes both to links to Becky's website and also the book in the show notes. Um, but it, it's extraordinary, and it's funny because I said to you before we started the conversation that when I channel the Z's, they've been talking about grief being a really mm. huge theme on Earth in this period that we're in and in the years to come. Yes, and. I have a very good friend who is uh, wonderful at working with conscious death and dying. And we often talk about how we as human beings have been trained to fear death or, gr or grief or feel awkward around it and not know what to mm -hmm. say. You had such a conscious experience with Jack. Mm -hmm. how, how have you found people's response to that? Perhaps especially in the early days, I'm wondering what you noticed about the way that we as a collective respond to grief. Sure, some people are great with it, but were there things that you noticed that were common discomforts for people? I haven't had a lot of people show discomfortly because I think people are so ready yeah. to, to see it in a different light. And so for, for the most part, everyone I've encountered have been open and receptive and and maybe they've experienced it very differently the grief that they've had or that they've shared with me but there's so much desire in people to want to um, know that it's okay you know know that there's um, maybe something more and that maybe their loved ones are near or that the experiences they have that they can move through I think one of the things that I've been able to share with people Lee that has been so powerful for me is that knowing that I, I hold grief in one hand, right? And complete heartbreak. And I can hold complete bliss and connection in the other in the same moment. Like really recognizing that the human heart has this amazing capacity to experience it all at the same time. And it's okay. It's okay. And so it's been interestingly because I, I've, you know, I've been really paying attention because I do see a lot of people obviously, who have lost someone and wanting to maybe experience it a little bit differently than staying stuck in, in complete grief. They want to know that there's opportunity to maybe connect or that they have the potential. So it's been very positively. I, I think Jack and I, I think one of the things that's so important for us as a team, because we're still, we're still sharing this, is that that we all have this amazing ability to connect. And um, just because they're gone, just because they've taken off their earth suit doesn't mean that they're not here with us and loving us and supporting us. And um, I feel that it's like, I'm grant. It's like grounding that divine love energy down into me. Jack holds this light that gets to come and I get to be that beacon for others. And you'd been working in many different ways with people as a facilitator, as a soul coach, spiritual coach. And I know you you also work with your Reiki. Oh. But I'm I'm guessing that since you've been through this, that a lot of the people are coming to you, as you said, with this in mind, it's probably yes. quite significantly changed your work and the, the, the kind of people you're working with. It has actually changed the work because um, what ended up happening, and I, I I think I share this in the book is that I got used to feeling Jack and sensing Jack around and connecting and communicating with him. What I wasn't expecting Lee was that I would be in a Reiki session and have 
a, a spirit come through to me, a, a gentleman who'd lost his daughter. Mm. And he came and we were just going to do Reiki. And all of a sudden I'm hearing a female voice and she asked me to share something with her dad. And that was something not expected on my part at all. <laughs> and, but has evolved um, so that the work that I am doing is, you know, it's, um, I never know. I never know what's going to show up or what's going to come through, but it's definitely opened up a portal. And Jack is there always as kind of this facilitator helping me. I love that you share that because certainly when I was growing up and still to some degree to this day, we had very defined ideas of what intuition was or how the skill would show up for different people. Well, this person is a medium and they speak to people who've passed on and this person, I never experienced it that way. Like for me, it was always, oh, well, the channel is open. So I, I would get people's relatives come through, but I never classed myself <laughs> as a medium. It was just, and I I think that's the truth of of us being able to receive and us developing that ability to connect and receive. But I, I do think that for many people on the planet still, mediumship is a gateway to understanding that there is a spiritual world on this planet as well. It's, it's a, still a really important yes. way that people who would other, otherwise perhaps be skeptical of their own intuition can start mm -hmm. to recognize, oh, there is something, there is something else here than just what I can see with my physical eyes or, or, you know, hear with my, hear physical sounds in the room. And so a lot of what I'm doing now is I'm working with people to help them figure out what that is for them. Cause everybody's so unique. We're all so different and it shows up differently for everyone. And so, you know, finding and exploring what that might be for them has been beautiful. It's been a beautiful process. Um, I feel so blessed, you know, I feel so blessedly and I know that's hard because in that same blessing, I've lost, I have such had such loss, but um, being able to share that and support other people in that journey of grief and in that journey of maybe discovery of something new is, has been amazing. Well, in, in all the time I worked with you all those years ago, you always had a great capacity for gratitude and for, for, for being in touch with blessings. So you know, I think that's why it's so important for us to cultivate those kinds of qualities in ourself and in the way that we see the world. Because then I do think you, no matter what life is throwing at you or no matter what you're having to process that's tough, you ha you maintain this connection to light and spirit. And, you know, you don't yes. have to turn the light off for yourself completely, which is, as we know, those of us who've been in that place, it's a really, it's a really hard place to be in when, when everything is dark for a while. Yeah, yeah. It is. And we're just, we don't, we're not alone in that, you know? And uh, I, I think one of the things Lee, that's been beneficial too, is um, I've been there, you know, I, I, I know that experience and I've been there. And so there's a certain level of energy awareness, energy capacity, and knowingness that I hold in my field that others who've been through difficult times hold in their field. I mean, we all have you know, we all have this awareness within us and our fields um, energetically, and people know that. They know. Mm -hmm. They resonate with that. Um, and um, so the book has just been a huge, a huge gift that I've been able to give and Jack was able to give. And um, I just feel I just feel honored that people have connected with it. 
I want to read one of the uh, the kind of final messages from Jack in the book. Okay, okay. Or part of it. Hello, my love. Thank you for walking this path with me, remembering who we are. As life moves forward, synchronicity will play a big role in the people you meet, those with whom you will work, learn, grow, and love. In time, you will find another human love, but our love is beyond dimensions, a oneness of being that is eternal. You are growing more comfortable with that, aren't you? All who read, I want to help people understand the death passage does not mean the end of love or soul connection. Your beloveds are not gone from you. Yes, the physical body may no longer be on the planet, but their soul essence lives on, ready to commune. The transition of form does not mean finality. People can learn to feel their loved ones, sense them, communicate with them, be comforted by them. Comfort can show up in many ways, which, such as when you, my love, found the stone I left for you at the labyrinth. I'm so glad you noticed. <laughs> there is so much fear in the world, but it is showing up for humanity to see and shift, change, transmute. Some couples, those abler souls mentioned, have incarnated together, their connection forming a bridge between realms. Many parents and children have a strong soul connection, unbroken by loss, the connection spanning dimensions. People have forgotten they are more than the human form, the third dimensional density keeping fear in place. When people step into the light of awareness and fear subsides, they find magic, synchronicity, life, everlasting in all its many expressions, birth, life, death, spirit, all just phases of the one immortal soul. Honor the divinity within. You have forgotten how powerful you are as humans. The ascension of earth does not happen without you, and you are pulling the dense consciousness into higher states of frequency. I mean, it's it's beautiful, it's true, it's vast. Mm -hmm. When did your channeling with Jack really begin? Did it happen immediately or did it take some time? It took a little time. It took me getting through my grief period, my really deep grief period after he left. But he came to me three weeks after he passed in meditation. So I had this amazing experience with him, Lee, in meditation and, and him being very present. And then as I was writing, it took me several months to kind of move through personally what I needed to go through. And then I started actually writing on the book again, pretty earnestly in January. So it had been just a few months after he passed, but I really started kind of journaling again and, and writing. And so when I was formulating the book, like when the book was coming through and Jack was talking to me, you know, I have always done channel writing. You were a great teacher, Lee. Years ago, I started doing channel writing um, based on, you know, your suggestion. And it, it's become a part of what I do just to connect, right? Just to support that connection. Um, but what I realized is that I could really connect with Jack really strongly. Like he came through really strong right away. And so I've been doing channel writing with him ever since. And it's powerful. It, it, what comes through is just, it, it's amazing to me. It's beautiful. It's, and it's really extraordinary. And so the book, it sounds like you just felt completely compelled and drawn yes. to create the book. But at what moment did you start to think, okay, well, I'm going to figure out how to publish this and how to get it out into the world? Like, when did that all start to kick in for you? And, and what was that process like? I ended up writing with a, a small uh, a, a publishing company that does collaborative books. 
And I ended up working with them with sharing some stories along the way, Lee, and they were amazing to work with. And so I already kind of had in the pipeline, I had this connection. In fact, my first story with this company was, it's called As You Wish Publishing. My first story was being uh, edited while Jack was going through death, Mm. while we were going through that process. So it was interesting that it just kind of fell into place for me to then consider continuing that relationship. Um, when I knew that there was another book coming, like, um, I, I knew, I knew I had to write the book, Lee. <laughs> Jack was like, Becky, we have work to do. <laughs> it's like, we're not done. We're not done. We have a book to write. And so, um, that, that was kind of in the back of my mind, even during the death process, Lee. Hmm. And it's interesting. I, I've, I've, I've certainly had this experience and I've spoken to lots of authors privately or on this show about what happens when you put the book out into the world, how it it changes, it changes you on a cellular Mm -hmm. level, on a Mm -hmm. level of self-perception on the way that other people perceive it. It's a whole shift. What, what was that like for you when the book was finally out and beginning to permeate people's lives? Well, it was a huge release for one, because I had been when I was in the thick of writing the book, I, I actually did like a writing sabbatical where I was just immersed in it for um, a good month. And so it was emotionally, it was emotionally really taxing on me um, and physically. So after the book was released, it was like, okay, <laughs> okay, I can take a breath. I'm good. It's going to be out there. It's going to do what it's going to do. It's going to touch the people it needs to touch. And so it was a huge release. Um, but then, you know, I ended up having some challenges last year. Yeah. So walk us through what happened last May. So this was May of 2021. Mm-hmm. So in March of 2021, I went and I took a journey with Jack's ashes. Mm-hmm. And because of COVID and what had happened, you know, I, it was a year later than what I wanted to, but it was fine. It was, um, it was intense for me. And when I got back off of that journey in April, I found a lump in my breast and it was significant size. It was, it was large enough. I knew I needed to get it checked out. So in May, um, almost 20 months after I heard, you know, after I was dealing with Jack's cancer, I hear the word cancer again. And this time it was me and it was stage three breast cancer. And I knew that I had some choices I had to make. Like I I knew that I was at a place in my life where my body was showing me um, some, some opportunity points. I saw it as opportunities to figure out really what did I want to do? Because I think Lee, I think I was living kind of in that middle zone Mm -hmm. because I'd been so connected to Jack and I knew where he was at and the energy is amazing. And I'm like, do I really want to stay without him? And I think I really questioned that in myself. But I recognized that I wasn't done. I'm not done. <laughs> I'm not done. And I had to, but I literally, I spent some time in front of this picture with Jack one day. And I said, Jack, I love you unbelievably, but I'm choosing to stay. I'm going to stay on this planet. I'm going to do what I need to do, what I feel drawn and compelled to do and share in the world. And 
from that point forwardly, then I knew my journey was, okay, so now what do I need to do to, mm-hmm. to find life and vitality and deal with what I'm dealing with? So, you know, I had surgery, I had a lumpectomy, I had surgery. They luckily it wasn't in my lymph nodes, um, but it was, you know, stage three. And so I did some radiation, tons of alternative healing and therapies. And, you know, I'm sitting here now, nine months later, and I feel amazing. I feel amazing. Like the life force is back in me. I'm, I mean, this is the journey that, that I'm taking. And what's interestingly is it's not separate from, it wasn't, it's not separate from the journey I take with Jack, like the grief and the shock of losing Jack was part of what was in my body. It's part of what my body was holding. So I actually channeled with my cancer cells. I know you you told me before we got into this conversation you would be open to sharing that with us. So if you if you don't mind sharing okay. the channeling from the cancer cells, that would be incredible. I will I will share. So this was in August um, when I really went into channel. I did the same thing that I do with Jack. I just I I talked to my cells and I said cancer cells and I said what are you here to show me? This is what they said. Choice. You always have choice. You always have a choice to heal, a choice to stay stuck, choice to recognize your divine power, choice to lead, choice to stand strong in your own journey, choice to listen to others' wants and desires, choice not to listen, choice to walk in joy, beauty, and sovereignty, no matter the circumstance. It is your awareness of choice that we have shown you. You are listening, and we, your body cells, applaud you for your wisdom and strength to step into awareness of what works for you. We want you to love yourself first and foremost. Do not overlook your body. You are learning. And when self-love becomes a constant state of being, we no longer need to manifest. Allow your feelings to rise and move. Allow the learning to flow out onto the page as you share with others. We are part of a bigger collective a collective consciousness that can move into a different state of being, but it must be done with conscious intent. Thus, the healing can take place within, which was within my body, as well as without. The learning is part of the collective desire to transform. Many people use our types of cells to leave the earth plane, a part of a bigger plan, but we are not to be feared and to be at war with love us into non-existence, love us into a transformational energy that cleanses the heart and soul and changes lives. Complete love of self is key. Can you love that completely, that fully, your body that shows you the pocket of unwellness in your soul? We only exist as a modifier of energy, a catalyst for the body, mind, and soul to shift, to change, to expand into something new. It's your choice. Life, death, health, illness, healing, lesson, change, love. Mm. When you read that back after channeling it, how, how, what happened for you in, in receiving that message? I knew then that I was, I was on the right track. Like I knew that I was, you know, to trust, to trust my own intuition and my own insight and and that the journey was a very powerful journey. I was a little nervous to share that with people, Lee, because it's not the standard approach mm-hmm. <laughs> at all. 
I, I've been nervous a little bit because it's like, love us into non-existence. Don't fear us. Love us into non-existence. And, um, and yet, and yet again, I'm feeling compelled to share that because it's so, it's something that so many of us experience and deal with. I think it's, it, I, I so understand your reticence because even as you were reading it, you know, I'm, I'm listening to it. And to me, everything that you shared is, a, it, I'm in complete alignment with it. However, I also witness the kind of the language that has been used around, you know, yes. beat cancer, fight cancer. It's very warlike. Yes. And and while I'm in full support of that being the way that someone tackles it, if that's how they align with it, of course, yes. you know, great. Well, you you do you and you do it the way you want to do. I yes. do know ultimately that has a lower frequency in it. So partly what you're bringing through, I think, offers another alternative. And of course, it won't resonate with everybody. Exactly. And the people exactly. who don't resonate with it don't need to fight it. They should yeah. carry on doing it the way they do, yes. which we know doesn't always happen. But I think I also, I think what can be very triggering for people, us as humans, mm -hmm. if you've lost somebody that you love, yes. Yes. and you're still in the grief phase, or you mm -hmm. still feel like someone was taken away from you, mm -hmm. it's going to be almost impossible to hear those kinds of words. And yet, yeah. I think that's one of the biggest problems we have as a society. We have not reminded ourselves as we grow up that life is not promised. You know, mm -hmm. I think part of the reason that grief is so overwhelming and such a level of heartbreak for people is We've kind of edited that out and we talk about someone dying early as if it's a shock or a tragedy or something has happened that should never have happened. And yet, if you really look at the world, you know, I've got so many friends who lost children or lost loved ones or sudden deaths. And, and it is a part of our society. But I think one of our biggest diseases is that we don't really acknowledge, talk about that and it embrace the fact that, well, if we're here today and our loved ones are here today, that's something we should be grateful for and celebrate. Yeah. And it's such a gift. And so for me, Lee, it was, I mean, here I am, I had Jack who left the planet with cancer, right? That, that was how he left. And then here I am dealing with cancer. And this is what my cancer cells were sharing with me. So it was this, it was this really interesting mix for me of you know, um, acceptance and recognizing that there was a bigger plan that maybe I didn't quite understand or that Jack didn't quite understand, but I do now because he is in a different place. Right. And that, that, that larger plan was that he was to leave the planet, that we were to experience death together and that, the, that we were to experience this afterlife connection and this divine love that is available and then share that in the world. And so as heartbreaking as it is and was and still continues to be at times, um, I recognize the divinity in the plan, the divinity in what we experienced. And so Jack, the, his process was using cancer to exit. Hmm. Minus the other side of the yin and the yang of it is that it's I, I'm moving through and learning what the cancer can show me and how to move through onto the other side of it, staying hmm. here. It's funny, you know, the synchronicities that we have in life, I'm always struck by whenever I have a conversation like I'm having with you now, all the things that have been going on in my life in the days leading up to it. And I'm sure it's similar for listeners or viewers who've chosen to tune in on this conversation today. 
couple of days ago, I was with um, a friend who I was there when her husband suddenly died, just with no warning. And so, you know, it's interesting, we were talking about the last couple of years and the journey of, of the ups and downs of grief. But one thing I was reminded of many, many years ago, when I was channeling my guides, the Z's, they said something to me that I'd never considered about death, but that always stuck in my mind. They said that when we die, we choose to die at the right time, not just for us, but for everyone around us. And that there is an impact that is supposed to happen to the people left behind. And so the timing can be that when the timing becomes the most, um, what I don't even remember how they put it, but let's say appropriate for the whole group or the people who are most closely connected, then the death can happen. And the Z's have said for years and years, and anyone who knows me is probably bored of hearing me say this, they say, you can die anytime. It's really easy to leave the planet. Mm -hmm. And yet our death is always in some way designed to have an opening effect or a healing effect or a transformational effect on the people that that, that are left behind. And you are very aware and present to that fact in in the way that you just experienced it. So thank you for sharing that and and for for knowing that and for holding that space for all of us. Right. Thank you. It is part of what it is part of what Jack and I are doing. I'm 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 very aware of that, that that we're holding, I'm able to hold a frequency of awareness that um well hopefully others can you know benefit from Lee. It's it is part of the service of of you know, if I can, if I can move and, and grow through what I've been through and Jack can share something from his side of, you know, where, what he's doing over there um, or wherever he is, he's always, he's, he's everywhere. Um, but just helping others. Um, yeah. It may, it's, it makes it all worth it. I'm, I'm so, um, I'm so honored to, to, to hold that for others to hold that space to hold that frequency what kinds of things was jack saying to you uh when you were diagnosed last year so what were some of the messages or or reflections that he was giving you that you still remember about that time when you were in that choice point where you were wondering should i stay should i go what, what was he saying he he very clearly was telling me no it's not your time <laughs> he says i can't do my work with you if you're not on a planet he was very clear becky it's not your time and you just need to go through these emotions and you need to trust you need to trust you need to trust that you know what your body needs you know what you need to do um so it was always he he was continually reminding me uh, that this was the journey that we were to take that we were to share this experience I had to be here in order for him to share what he's sharing, right? I have to be present on the planet. And so he was very clear mm-hmm. that, you know, it wasn't my time and that, um, you know, I, I just was learning another side of this. Mm-hmm. Well, and he also talks in the introduction, the part I read out earlier at the beginning about, you know, you're going to meet another human love. And, yeah. and so, you know, you, you, if you, you clearly weren't, weren't done last year. <laughs> Because um, yeah, no. <laughs> Jack's yeah. predictions hadn't yet played out. Um, so I know that you are now really beginning to document this journey that you are now having. And, and, it, and that's going into that's going to become your next book. Is that is that correct? 
Yes. Yeah. So, you know, the journey that I've gone through in the last year and, and what is it, what is it like to not move forward from the connection that I have from him, but, but is it possible to, to go forward? Is it possible to find another love? Is it possible to step into that? Recognizing that you've had this amazing soul connection with someone. And yet, if you've lost them, what do you do? How do you do it? How do you navigate still being on the planet? Is there a way that we can move through and um, find love, find life, find joy again, right? So that's, that's what this next book is going to be, Lee. Hmm. Which is perfect. I just had a conversation weeks ago with someone I'm close to who lost their love a couple of years ago, uh, someone else actually, and they... I, we were talking, somehow it came onto the idea of finding another love. And they were like, well, I can't, I can't, I can't replace them. And I was just saying, well, you'll never replace them. You know, it will be, it will be a different love. You know, you will always love that, that person that you were with always. And, and that will always be a part of who you are. And that's one of the things the Z's have always said, you know, we all have a love line. And even the person that you spend a weekend with, who you have a yeah. love experience with is part of your love line and part of your learning and part of your journeying. And I think sometimes in the, certainly in the Western culture, we get very boxy, boxed in about, well, I can't replace them rather than, well, no, of course you can't. Yeah. But that doesn't mean right. you then have to, you know, I, I think of my grandmother who I think was a widow when she was about 50 and, and she lived mm -hmm. till she was 90 and she, I never saw her date anybody. And that's kind of tragic to me. Mm -hmm. um, so I love that you're also exploring your next phase and helping other people with that phase. Cause I'm sure that's a sticking point for many people. It is. It is because the reality is I, I, I'm not going to find another Jack. I'm not. Um, and, 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 and he keeps saying, but you're not moving on from me. <laughs> I, I'm not losing my connection with Jack. That's not going to happen, but I am going forward in life. Yeah. And, um, and he is encouraging that and he is supporting that. And he says, Becky, you deserve to have that love. You, you deserve to have love in your life. So, you know, I think we get stuck thinking that we've got this, you know, lifelong commitment or this commitment that we have and that we're never going to find another love. And, and the reality is we have this amazing capacity as these humans with this amazing heart, right, connection to love. We have this amazing capacity to love, Lee, in many ways, right? And to connect. And I think that, that's often yeah. where I, I love seeing how the consciousness around divorce or separation is also beginning to change. Like people don't need to be judged because that happened either by other people yeah. or by themselves. Like I think if, if, if two people come to a point where they're like, oh, no, we're not, we're not supposed to be in this form together anymore. We need right. to go different ways. I, I like seeing the consciousness lightening up around that a little bit on the planet because it's the same principle, really. It is. In fact, I have a dear friend right now who's leaving a 35-year marriage and, and they're doing it very consciously. Mm. They're doing conscious separation, yeah. which is a beautiful thing. It's not easy, but they're navigating it in a way that's very, very clearly um, through awareness and acceptance and a deep love for each other as they do separation. Mm. Well, it's interesting, Becky, you know, knowing you now for a decade, mm -hmm. I'm not at all surprised. I was surprised what happened for you and Jack, of course. Like, you know, when yeah. I heard the news, I was, I was really stunned. Yeah. But I'm not at all surprised 
the the way that you have approached it, the way that you have experienced it, and I mean all of it, honoring the grief and the the pain and the sadness, but at the same time, emerging from it with that connection that I think makes you so inspirational to so many people. I mean, you know, just I, I think people will be listening to you in, in this conversation. And for many people, it's going to be a lifeline. So if we could go back four years, this is a hard question to ask you, I guess, but are you surprised with how you have managed to traverse this? I mean, none of us could ever predict something like that happening in our life. Or does this feel like who you were, you always were designed to be and the foundation that you and Jack had set you up for this? Or do you feel like some divine intervention came in for you in the last few years that just helped you raise everything in a different way? I think I think I was always des- destined to do this, Lee, or to step into something. I, you know, I always thought I was going to write a book about a different subject about raising a challenging son or a challenged son. I knew I had a book in Neely. I knew I had something to share in the world, had no idea it was going to be Jack's death. But I was aware that, um, you know, Jack and I talked about this in the process of him leaving. He said, he said, Becky, when I leave the planet, you're going to fly. You're going to fly. You're going to find, you're going to find in you that the relationship isn't holding you back anymore. And Lee, what ended up happening was I found that strength inside of me Mm. that was probably already always there, but not present in that way. Not it, it hadn't, it didn't need to come out. It didn't need to present itself until I had gone through this huge, huge event in my life. And so stepping into this strength that I didn't know existed, I didn't know it existed within me. Um, but it certainly has, it has shown itself and it is blossoming and it is helping me step forward and, and inspire, you know, really, truly, hopefully inspiring other people. For sure. For sure. You are (laughs) both (laughs) on the the one-on-one work that you're doing and, you know, and and that's why I was so excited to have you on the show because not only are you doing what you're doing beautifully, but it's really needed like right now, especially. And, and, and I think more so in the coming years, like how do we, how do we deal with grief and loss so that it doesn't just sink us to the bottom of the ocean and leave us there, but actually we're able to be with it and move with it and Mm -hmm. let it move through us and, and transform us in the way that it's supposed to be. It's funny, there's a channeled message I did, I think it was a couple of years ago, and the Z's call it grief, the great transformer, which, you know, is an aspect of grief that I think we don't often consider or look at culturally mm-hmm. in, a, in, in, the, in the norm way of thinking anyway. Yeah. And I remember when I listened to that, I knew, <laughs> I, I listened to that when it came out, when the Z said that, and it was like, oh, man, I knew that was exactly what I was going through. And that process of transformation into what I'm experiencing now. Yeah, it definitely has been a huge um, catalyst Mm. in in the evolution of Becky. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, one thing that you have, we've talked about a lot in this conversation, and I think it's it's really powerful to talk a little bit about it, is your process of channel writing. Because as you know, because you've been around me for a while, I've come to realize that's one of the things I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to remind people that channeling is something that if if it aligns with you, if you like it, if you listen to channeling, there's a part of you that's just remembering 
a skill that you have or a connection with a realm. And it doesn't always mean that you'll speak to your guides. For, for I always say, start with your soul. Have a conversation with your higher self or your soul because we can all do that. So I love that you have, you're very actively not only incorporating that into your own personal life and way of supporting yourself, but also your work. So what advice would you give someone who is listening or watching, loving the sound of what you're doing, but feels like, oh, well, I can't do that. What advice would you give anybody? I think the hardest part initially is to trust, just to let go. You just have to let go and just trust that something will come through. So, you know, for me, I mean, I start with just a thought of, you know, what do you have to share with me? Like I did with my cancer cells. And then I just write and I, I just write and I, and I don't think I, I try to let go of the thinking mind and I just write. And, you know, it feels awkward at first, perhaps, but it's, you're going to end up finding little nuggets that you're like, wow, did I did? Wow. Where did that come from? Oh, I'd never thought about that. How did that happen? And so, you know, um, for me, it's been a very powerful practice, Lee, and I've done it for a lot of years now, and it's even more powerful now than it has been. So um, I would just encourage people to try to let that judgment of self go and just step into trusting that um, you have it. Everyone has the ability. I've worked with a lot of people who they're fearful at first. They don't know if they can do it. And yet it's, they're blown away <laughs> by what ends up coming through. I had, I had one young man who was, we were doing a guided meditation and, and I said, let's, let's just do some channel writing. Let's just try this. Let's just try this with me. And so we, we asked a question, had him write it down. And then we just, he just wrote. And when he got done, he wrote, he read this paragraph off and he just looked at me stunned. <laughs> he said, I don't know where this came from, but it was powerful. And, and so I think, you know, it's getting past that little hurdle of trust and not trusting ourselves. Um, because we all, we all have it in us. We all have the ability to connect, like you said, to that higher self. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be channeling grandma right away, right? But, yeah. but that higher self, um, we all have access. And the more you do it, the more specific, useful, detailed it becomes. Initially, it's often a calibration process to that yes. level of love that way of speaking to yourself that isn't perhaps the way you normally speak to yourself in your mind. I've shared my story a lot of times about how much self-judgment I had yeah. in my mind, which allowed me when I first heard the Z's to go, this isn't like the normal voice. You know, the normal voice yeah, right? is not this nice or this useful. Um, but it's funny because, you know, I've, I've shared the same story. I will, I will invite people at workshops we've done to do it. And if I think of some of the biggest workshops we did where there were say 300 people in the room mm -hmm. for the day and I tell everyone now you're going to channel right for yourself and that's why we've given you all this big <laughs> cardboard it's yeah. so interesting because the whole energy changes like they're fine if I'm talking and the minute I tell them they're going to do it people <laughs> go like this and yeah. it's, it's never ever fails that we do it we put some music on for five minutes uh -huh. people mm -hmm. go for it and then at the end of it people won't stop writing some people are crying nobody has ever had trouble doing it. Even if you just write four words, exactly. you know, even if you just, you are powerful, it's like, whoa, or, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's huge. And I think it's just something that's so healthy for all of us to do either as a daily maintenance, or if you're stuck with something, I did it last week. And I ask a question, how am I doing today? Because I can tell something's off. 
and I get all this information and then it's like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh I feel so right. much better. Oh. Now I understand what's moving yeah. through me. That I, so it's, yeah. it's fantastic. So thank you for sharing that because I, I think a lot of people will hopefully be picking up pen and paper now. <laughs> I know, right, right. Well, and for me, you know, the big one was trust. Uh, it was just learning to trust that I was doing something, you know, out of, out of my thinking mind, that it wasn't my thinking mind, that I was doing it and, and trusting the information that then came through. Mm-hmm. You know, Jack is continually telling me, Becky, trust, <laughs> trust what's happening, trust the process, trust that you're getting this guidance and information. So that's a big one for me was trust. I so, think it's a big one for all of us. Okay. I think that, yeah. like, you, don't you don't you think? Because it's not like yeah. we were, you know, in school they didn't say now we're all going to channel, right? You know, if <laughs> right. they had, we would see it as completely normal, I, and yeah. it, we wouldn't even question it as adults. Right. So right. yeah, yeah. I know my granddaughter. She's really cute now. I have, I have seven and a four year old granddaughters, and my little seven year old. She's like, oh, grandma sees spirits. <laughs> yeah. Grandma talks to spirits. I'm like, yeah, actually, honey, yeah. And then we're norm. I'm normalizing it with yes. those little ones. It's great. And that's yeah. the beauty. That's the beauty of this bridge generation that we're in. I think it it kind of makes the younger the younger ones coming up. Someone said to me the other day, "Wow, they're just so easy with things." And I went, "Well, yeah, they they kind of should be really because if you think about it, when we were growing up, there was an absence of what we now yes. take for granted and what we're seeing permeate the world. So yeah. for them, they don't have to go through that hurdle. I mean, there are other hurdles, but." Sure. Yeah, I lo- I love that. So, yeah. Becky, this has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you. So much. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Lee. Thank you for being here. But I'll ask you one question before we go. So okay. we're recording this um, early February. I know it will come out in March. What do you feel? What do you feel for yourself in the next twelve months? Whether that's just a feeling of a state of being or a, a thing that you think you're moving towards. What's your sense of your next twelve months? I have, I have complete excitement, Lee. I feel like 2020 for me, I've been feeling the energy coming. I've been feeling the energy building and coming. And I know that it's, it's, it's part of, again, that stepping out into the world in a bigger way. I I just, I recognize that that's coming and it's happening. And I am so honored and blessed to be stepping into that and recognizing that and knowing that the world is really in need right now, Lee, of people who can hold um, space for grief, for love, for compassion, for, um, you know, empathy and awareness. I I know it's so needed in the world. And so I see myself really stepping in and stepping up. And I have a lot of support (laughs) to do that. So (laughs) you do. And as as someone who's had the privilege of of seeing your journey over the last decade, watching you just really embody that purpose that you were always in, you were always in your purpose. And I that that level of heart and energy that you have was always there. But witnessing what you're doing with it now and how you're creating an energy field in the world is just is just beautiful. So I salute you. And thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I love you, my friend. It's I really love you too. precious to have this time with you. So I thank you yeah. for sharing so openly and vulnerably in all the ways that you are. Yeah. It's going to help so many people. Thank you, Lee. So we will see you all next time. But for those of you who want to check out Becky's work, you can go to beckycoon.com. We will put that on the screen now. And if you go to the show notes, we will put links to Becky's website and also this incredible book, 
20 days changed everything. If you've resonated with this in any way, you are going to absolutely love the book. So uh, thank you again, Becky. Lots of love, yes. everyone. Thank you for tuning in. And we will see you next time on Impact the World. For those of us who are sensitive, intuitive, or walking a spiritual path, it is our practices and the support that we have in our life that often is the key to how well we can walk through life. Nine years ago, I created the portal to be an answer to that need for members of my community who wanted to go more in depth with my work. And while my work is still very much a centerpiece of the portal, we have now added other teachers, other voices, other offerings, so that the portal can become a well-rounded place for you to receive nourishment and be uplifted, shifted and supported every single month. Here is a look at some of the offerings that you receive every month as a portal member. Once a month, I do a 90-minute live video broadcast. Don't worry if you can't be there live, everything in the portal is provided to you as a replay. But doing it live is a chance for me to be with you as a community. And in that broadcast, I channel, I speak about the energies of the month and expand on my monthly energy update and also take some community questions. Every month you will also receive an MP3 and the MP3 will either be a channeled message from my guides the Z's set to original music from Davor Bozik or it will be an energy alchemy meditation or some other energy teaching. These will be put into your members library and you will have access to them to stream and download. We also give you access to a classics library where we take eight classic recordings from recent years so that you can listen to more. Qigong and wellness teacher Stephen Washington gives you an exclusive Qigong sequence every single month. It's called the Body Energy Update and he takes the themes from my monthly energy updates on YouTube and creates a movement sequence for you designed to support you and your process as we go through each month. Stephen is also a wonderful meditation teacher and so you will have access to a library of short digestible meditations from him. As soon as you join, you will also get access to our bonus Intuitive Power Workshop. This was a tour that we took to several different countries a couple of years ago, and we had it professionally filmed. So you will be able to watch a four and a half hour video workshop where both myself and Stephen teach you about accessing and owning your intuition in a deeper way. And to round all of this out, we have special member discounts on courses of mine. We also have special music playlists each month. One set of songs designed to help soothe you and one set of songs designed to get you moving. And last year, we brought to the portal something I have wanted to do for a very long time, The Portal Presents. It's where I get to invite some incredible teachers, creatives, healers, musicians into the portal. And every month we spotlight one of them where they deliver an on-camera teaching specifically for our portal members. It's a beautiful new feature. We have had some incredible people coming in and we've got some amazing people lined up for the next year. And the final aspect of the portal is mine and my team's favorite. It's the community energy. So as well as having a private members forum inside the portal for those of you who aren't on social media, 
We also have a private moderated Facebook group exclusively for Portal members. This is where so many members get to share what they're experiencing, things they're learning, people they're enjoying, and essentially connecting you with people from all over the world who are focused on similar interests to you. My aim with the portal has always been to offer you as much value for your membership as possible. And I feel like in the last year or so, we have really been able to maximize that. So we look forward to welcoming you to the portal and we hope it is a place that can nourish your mind, your body, and your soul. Big love.